Good morning and welcome to Tree Talk episode 173 with myself, Jack Neville, and Matt O'Callaghan of the Weekly Observer and Vale Star. We're going live again today, Matt. We're going to risk it a few weeks ago. Uh, the Gremlins in the Wi-Fi got to us, but we have a huge show today. It's a Friday, um, so we want to go live and get out there as quick as we can. We've football to look ahead to, Harland look back on, ladies football. We've Fitzgibbon, Sigurdsson, Arts Gullerish, Junior B, schools. We've a multitude to go through, so stay tuned for all that and more. Impression the game, we get all with what you put into. It's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get it, no more about it. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, Charlie Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Let me spend out there from the war court today. No more about him. He made all the run, that was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the fact of it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Sympathy in this game for anybody. Well, Matt, how's everyone with the storm at the moment? You were saying off air that it's not too bad at the moment. No, 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 Jack. A big sneeze would nearly have caused more ruffle than what we had here. Um, you know, <laughs> you'd you'd be inclined to ask what storm. Um, yeah. Seriously, it's 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 quite calm here now at at the minute, and uh, there was a few blasts there around half eight, but other than that, there was absolutely nothing. You know, um, it, it's storm in a teacup, actually, Jack. Would, would would describe it? Yeah, look, we we won't be disappointed by it. Um, you obviously don't want a storm. You don't want people to to be inclined to that weather condition. So it's it's a bit windy out here in Ballystine. It's not too bad. It kind of woke me this morning, though. In fairness, it was. I'm, I'm a late riser. So well, I'm, I'm here in God's own country in, in, in Glenroe, Jack, so I suppose from, that probably explains the disparity, you know, of, of gale <laughs> force or wind force, you know. Well, I'm in the greatest spot of all the lot, so uh, we'll, we'll agree to differ there. But, um, before Do you we say in... your prayers down there, Jack? Huh? Do you say your prayers? Well, we do, of course. It's mass half nine of a Sunday morning if anyone wants to get a nice early mass below Bally's Dean. Um, a nice little church. I was actually in there yesterday. Uh, it's just a lovely, nice place. So go to. I'm, 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 I'm huge. I'm absolutely hugely impressed by you this morning. Absolutely hugely impressed. <laughs> storm or no storm? You noticed I had done the different hat. It was the yeah, first thing it, you said to me before you said good morning. Even it, it looks to be for anyone that's not watching this, just listening. It looks to be kind of a, a summery kind of hat that you'd wear to the beach. So you might want to explain this. Yeah, but I'm indoors. You see, Jack. And if, if 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 you look back, you can see out my window here, but the sun is beaming down literally. So you're planning on going to the beach? No, it is a water it is a watery sun, but you know it's 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 sunshine. Ah well sure looking at you for 170 episodes, you'd notice any small difference in fairness. But look before we get into the games and we've I well I forgot last week, um you were not in the know. The the Milford 10k uh run and walk is taking place in UL on Sunday, 13th of March at 12 midday. This will be like actually in UL for the last two years. It's been virtually ran, obviously, with COVID. Um, just a, it's a brilliant day out, Matt, and just you, you'd love to promote something like that that does such good work. 
Hi, uh, Jack. It, 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 it's wonderful. And um, there, 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 are, there are no words that, 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 that we can say, that you or I can say, that would adequately pay tribute to the work of, of Milford Hospice. And um, it, this, this um, 10K run walk is, 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 is one of the bulwarks of their fundraising du du during the year. And um, like crowds are getting bigger all the um, year on year now. It was virtual for the last two years. And now this is an opportunity for people to get out. They can get out with, um, you, you know, public health is moving in the direction, in, in one direction um, all the time now. And we, we, we saw yesterday where um, Neffet, um, two things about Neffet yesterday, of course, was the recommendation with regard to the wearing of masks. And secondly, um, the, 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 um, the recommendation of the CMO that, that Neffet would be stood down or phased out, I think was the way he put it, or, you know, and, and replaced with some advisory body, which is all terrible positive. So people are mad to get out and mad to get the opportunity. And this, this is a wonderful opportunity to get out there and do something positive and help people um, you know, you know that are that are seriously ill in a lot of cases and in palliative care, and and help them. Um, you know, this this wonderful. It's an institution at this stage, Milford Hospice. The the good work that they do, and I, I would appeal. I I I would lend my support to um, uh, asking people to 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 really come out in numbers. And I, I suppose if 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 they, if they cannot come out, there there is a way of contributing contributing to the to the event and and um pe people people should do it it's 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 a most worthy cause yeah definitely most worthy um as you can see on screen there again if you're listening you can register at milfordcarecenter.ie you can ring 061-485-860 um until the 27th of february you get the early bird registration which is only 20 euros so like where, where would you go with that um I, I living in UL for, for two or three years when I was in college and there, there was always a great buzz around the event and obviously we've been robbed of things like that for the last two years. So I would definitely encourage you, um, further what you yeah. say there, Matt, and just encourage everyone to get out there. Yeah. Again, the 13th, uh, Sunday the 13th of March yeah. in around UL from 12 midday. So you can have a lie-in anyway after your Saturday night and then you can go for a, a nice runner walk depending on how you're feeling after Saturday night. So uh, I think it was just important there to promote that, Matt. But... To get into the sport, we'll start with the hurling. Now, we've no hurling this weekend. Obviously, Limerick were beaten last Saturday night by Galway in the Gaelic Crowns. 117 to 26. And I suppose in the context of the game, much improved from Wexford. There's no doubt about that. And it just seemed to turn on the red card. Would you agree with that assessment? I would agree with it. I um, would agree. I would agree totally. Um like you scored 118 against a stronger team uh, as against 11 points um you 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 struck uh, or Limerick struck seven or eight wides as against 18 the previous week mm. so if you take those two metrics alone um it, it's it's a huge huge vast improvement and um uh, it, it did turn it, it turned on a couple of things jack like you you, you 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 must remember it probably a perfect storm for Limerick. Like first of all, you had Willem who going off after less than five minutes, a couple of minutes into the game. Yeah. Picking up an injury. And we we know the uh, the fulcrum of the side that he what he provides around the middle. Brian O'Grady didn't reappear after half time. And then 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 we had um we had um the sending off of Garoad Hegarty. 
yeah, I, that's a that's a fair it's a fair summation out there that the perfect storm. I like I think the the last of of uh, Will I don't know is probably overlooked because red card and I'm definitely guilty of that. But I suppose it just goes to show that that first fifteen has been so successful for a reason, and that the players have to get to that level. Now we have seen Brighter Grady this this I suppose January and February that he is getting that level, and we'll talk about UL in a while. But just on the red card itself, Matt. And I suppose the aftermath, there seems to be this narrative that Limerick are suddenly a dirty team and Groot Hegarty is, is this dirty player that had it coming to him. Like, Limerick play on the edge and all the best teams play on the edge. But with a Hurley, you could be throwing dirty swipes the whole game and get away with it if you're in the right position. I just don't think it's really fair, this criticism of Limerick. No, I, I, I do not. And I refute it. And I refute the narrative about Groot Hegarty. Mm. Uh, I, I refuted vehemently. Um, I, I have to be—I have to say that I was very annoyed at some of, of what the narrative was after the game, and um, uh, it went as far as saying that that it might be a good thing for Gerard Hegarty that he should have been sent off on a number of occasions and like to be sent off on this occasion rather than be sent off in a big championship match. Balderdash, Jack, nonsense. Yeah, I, nonsense. I, I think. And if if you take if you take the particular incident itself, Jack, yeah, look at the particular incident, and I've looked back on it a number of occasions. The shamazel was over, but a Galway player came in and reignited it with a, with um, by by lunging at Garrod Hegarty. Yeah, Vincent Burke what, threw him out over the sideline. What, what was done to him? Now, if you if you take the fullness of the forty minutes that Garrod Hegarty was on the field. And I'm I'm not being biased one bit here now. Um, if 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 you um, if 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 you take that that period, Garod Hegarty was far more sinned against during those forty minutes than he did sinning. Like oh, that, yeah. that, 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 there's a kind of a narrative out there now. You know, Garod Hegarty is a big man. Uh, Garod Hegarty is the 2020 hurler of the year. Like. People, there seems to be some kind of a mindset there that he's fair game. Yeah, there there is a lot of that going on at the moment. Um, there was one incident on the far sideline that um, there was a ball on the floor and Hegarty went in and shouldered his man and won the ball. But if he was this dirty player, he would have just went in and swung because the ball was there to be hit. But no, he's he's focused on winning the ball. On your point on the shamazzle there, like it was over. Um, and fair enough, Garrod did deserve the red for what he did. That's fair enough, any player. Could but uh, having said that, he, he probably deserved the red, but it looked an awful lot worse than it was. And I'm absolutely convinced that there was no malintent there. Yeah, and he was, as you said, he was hit after, he was hit twice after it mm -hmm. ended. So, like, you are going to stand up for yourself because Limerick have a terrier on their back. And if they lie down and show weakness, um, like other teams will pounce on that. I just think there was too much spoke about um, the red, and I suppose the road in a sense. But look, Limerick have, have a... You know, um, the, 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 every means um, uh, fair and foul seem to be used to stop Garrod Hegarty. I think it's like, used in all the players as well, though. Um, yeah, but just... I, I would suggest that the one way to stop Garrod Hegarty or to match Garrod Hegarty is get up to the level of fitness, physique and hurling skill of Garrod Hegarty. Yeah, it's far, it's far easier said than done because obviously he's years put into it and just... 
natural physical size. But yeah, I think he is very fairly on like targeted, whatever. Um, a lot of those Limerick players are watching the forwards. Now I know it's a very physical game, and off the ball people have been pulled and dragged, and, and it's all it's all fair game. But that was just probably I just thought the narrative was a bit unfair. Moving away from the Reds. Yeah, no, no, Jack, you, you, you're absolutely right to hop there on the, on, 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 on the narrative. Like, um, there was kind of people loving, loving, um, rubbing their hands with Lee Jack that he was caught at last. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of a mentality. Caught for what? Yeah. Caught like, for look, playing the game as, as it was meant to be played. Yeah. Not for a second are we saying it wasn't a red because we, we don't have that green mist where we're thinking these Liverpool players can do what they no. want. No doubt. It was a red and Grodd will admit that himself. It's just he's not this dirty player that everyone goes on. Aside from the red but card. The player, Jack, the player that reignited it should have at least got a yellow card. Yeah. I just thought it was very strange that it was Shamazel with seven or eight players that there was only one card dished out. No, I, I suppose people were giving out that there was four sending off or five sending offs. Um, in the Tyrone and Armagh game. So I suppose you're looking for a happy medium. What you will say is you don't want these schmazzles happening because it happened very close to the touchline and there was loads of children there. There must have been 12,000, 15,000 in the Gaelic rounds that night. So like these are unsightly things. You don't want them to happen. But it was probably more caused by a Galway fella. Limerick finished it. I'll admit that. But just on that point, I think it's important to say it. On the game as a whole, Matt, it's two losses from two. And as strange as it sounds, I would say John Kiley is a very happy man where they are now because it's the exact same as last year. Lose two in a row, a week off, and then you cork in the Gaelic rounds. And we know how it went from there. Yeah, absolutely. There, 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 are, there, are, there are a lot of parallels with last year, Jack. You're, 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 you're totally correct there. And um, I, 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 don't think he, I don't think he'll be losing any sleep. Um you know, as I say, there was there was there was factors that militated against Limerick last week. Anyway, in 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 that game against Galway, and like if 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 you look for the important points, which we said at the outset, I I I think they were all there. It was good to see Sean Finn back, as if he had never been away. Um, you know, you know, it was good to see Kyle Hayes back. You know, for his first game again, as if he was never away. You know, um. Just hope that the injury to Willem O'Donoghue isn't anything serious, yeah. because um, Willem O'Donoghue is such a key part of of of, of that Limerick team, and and um, no, I think overall, in terms of performance and in in terms of progression, um, that John Kiley will will be quite quite happy, because of course you know in the aftermath of the the, the Munster Senior Hurling Cup. The expectation in this county rocketed. Went sky high because we, we, we beat Clare and we beat Clare with what just four of the All Ireland team. Yeah. So I suppose it's 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 um it's hard to blame fans for getting carried away in those circumstances. And Jack, maybe we are guilty too, you know. I am yeah. I'm I'm not exonerating ourselves on, on, on that one, but um you know, this 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 is a, a bump back down to a but thankfully, Jack, it's a soft landing. Yeah. And they've been like they've been there before. They've they've proved that they can like I'll never forget walking out of Crow Park after losing in nineteen to Kilkenny and there was this fear that it could be like that Clare team at thirteen that just couldn't get back up to the top of the mountain. But we've seen that this this side has bounced back ability in spades. Now I have I was gonna move on 
because we're going to well, be talking before, about before you move on if there's a point I, 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 I'd like to make I'd like to make a point about the performance of Cahill O'Neill yeah <laughs> Um, that that uh, last Saturday night was the was the evening that Cahill O'Neill made the transition from minor to senior. Yeah, and I suppose we're well myself definitely. I'm guilty of probably hyping up these young fellas and putting an awful lot of pressure on them. He was like Keen Lynch is my age, so I don't really remember the hype about him as much. Obviously, because I was younger and he was my age, or whatever. But there was an awful lot of hype for for Cahill O'Neill, and I suppose. I definitely amped it up. We were all probably the same and probably doing the same with Adam English, Colin Coughlin as well, which is kind of unfair on these players. But we you're just so excited to see these brilliant talents. But Colin O'Neill, like striking ability, second to none under pressure. Just and he's a wing forward. I think is the big thing for him. Like he was played in the corner last year. Like mm. it's like any position on the hurling field now is very specialised. Like you might say there's twenty yards difference in corner and wing forward. They are miles apart and. I was just glad to see him hit the ground running when things were going against Limerick. He really stood up as well as when it was going well for him. So, yeah, look, it's you have to commend. Yeah, it's welcome, welcome to the big stage, Cahill O'Neill. You know, um, he has served his apprenticeship now, and uh, you know, certainly um, going forward on this performance, yeah. Cahill O'Neill is one to watch out for. You know. Just talking on Cahill O'Neill, I don't know the ins and outs for that. UL won the Freshers League title yesterday. Um, Again against NUIG, but they have they have Carl O'Neill, Adam English, um, and Pat Crotty from Clare who played at the last day against Wexford, all in the forward line. They've Aidan O'Connor from Bally Brown, Colin Coughlin wasn't playing, um, they've Eaton Hurley and they've Patrick Donovan who's injured as well. Imagine being what about a first Patrick Donovan? Yeah, Patrick Donovan, but he's injured at the moment, I think. But imagine being a first year coming up against that six in the forward line, it's just crazy. But it shows it's brilliant for UL, um, and we'll touch on UL there in a while. But there is one question here, Matt, I just want to ask you, and I was going to touch on it next week. We'll go about it now. Uh, Adrian Kelly, and I suppose get all your comments in. Uh, we'll answer them. Look, we're very like happy to answer your questions and love to hear from me. Adrian says it was a much improved performance. Um, glimpses of the true form, he thought. Um, but he says, are we any close to identifying who's up next for Peter Casey? And I did want to say that too, Matt, because loads of positives. Loads of players putting their hands up, but we're we aren't anywhere closer. I don't think to finding Casey's replacement. Um, David Reedy is a brilliant hurler, but again, he's not a corner forward as such. Adam English came on; it's probably a bit soon for him. Bit soon, yeah. Pat Ryan just hasn't hit the form. Hitting the Munster hurling cup, Darren O'Connell hasn't got the time to hit that form. Oshin O'Reilly hasn't got much time either. Like Graham O'Kane. Cahill O'Neill is not an option for the reasons that you said. Um, at corner forward, I would yeah. go with the tried and trusted, and we haven't seen him in the league yet. We may see him against Cork. He was back on the panel, Graham Mulcahy. Yeah, I think to answer the question, Adrian, I think it's Graham's jersey to lose at the moment. No, he he look, he'll have to prove himself. But look, it's a very it's a very specialised position, and I suppose with Limerick losing, the ball isn't coming as freely. If it is coming, it's more under pressure. Um, I suppose when you if you had the fourteen of the All Ireland men and then yourself in the corner, you'd probably be much easier. But I suppose the Limerick playing not as good, it's it's harder to get that ball in. But yeah, I would agree with you that Kramer Cahy looks to be the one. Now it'd be interesting to see who starts against Cork. Will Pat Ryan get another go and David Reedy, who haven't really hit the heights that they did in January, or will they move it on to someone else? Could we see Adam English get a first start? Like he was lively, very lively when he came on, just ball wouldn't fall for him. But um well, I, I, I honestly think that David Reedy is not a corner forward. 
No, he's not. And I think I said that at the outset, even though I tipped him to be selected at corner, uh, corner forward. And trust me, I had no inside information. But I, but I felt I felt that he he on his performances in the Munster Senior Cup that he was too good to let out. Yeah. And, and, he had to, a, and in the absence of Peter Casey and in the absence of finding a successor to, to, to Peter Casey and Graham Mulcahy, uh, who was not, hadn't rejoined the panel at that stage, um, I felt that he was going to get a run out at corner forward. And, I, you know, like I'm, I'm not so sure. Um, David definitely hasn't done himself justice at corner forward. No, no. He, he was in he was in flying form in the half forward line. He's midfield half forward all day. Now, um, and we'll be we'll be talking about colleges later. He was an absolutely outstanding centre half back. Um, for Charleville CBS, that took him all the way to the um Hearty Cup final in two thousand and eleven, when they were beaten by Art Skull Reach in the Gaelic grounds. I didn't know that. No. Uh, your knowledge knows no bounds, but yeah, I, exactly. I would agree. They're absolutely outstanding. I saw I saw most of the charitable games that year, you know, um, because there was a, a limerick element involved in it, most notably David Reedy. But he, like he was the key player, so like he, he David Reedy hasn't become a bad hurler in the last two games. No, he's not, and it's just a specialized position. Like I mean, if you put any of the limerick. Wing backs that are all stars in a cornerback, like I don't know, would they survive? It's very, no, there's always a, a Barry Nash element into that, but I mean, mm -hmm. you wouldn't know would they survive vice versa. I put a cornerback out wing, like you don't know how it's going to work. Um, mm -hmm. some players do, like Aaron Galan was a wing forward all the way through, and when John Kyle mm -hmm. got his hands on him into into the corner, and you couldn't see him playing out mm -hmm. the wing, so look. It could click for David Reedy for. Well, I, 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 I trust John John Kelly to come and Paul Canuck to come up with a solution to an our corner forward dilemma. Yeah, um, it, but like you, you, you know, talking about boots to fill, um, Peter Casey's boots are enormous. Yeah, and look again. We wish the best. Look, I, I think Barry Murphy would have been in this conversation if not the answer to this question if he wasn't injured. But look. The the best to, to Peter and Barry in their in the recovery. Like, I don't know. Oh, where absolutely, they are. the very best two great guys, you know, and um, you know, have so much to contribute. I have contributed so much and so much to contribute. That's yeah, we're, well, as far as I know, we're hoping to see him in Munster. Um, so look, we won't rule that out, but we're really going to need a solution in the meantime because you can't expect a fella that's torn such a, a vital ligament in, in your knee to come back firing, fit and firing. So I suppose this will be a year for someone else but we can talk about more Limerick will play Cork next week so moving on to the football Matt and I have I have a, a small segment of an, of an interview with, with Pat to come along in a minute but we'll just touch on the game loud Sunday at 2 o'clock in the Gaelic grounds um, and I suppose there's probably a small bit of pressure on Limerick not good pressure that when you're on the top that you're the team everyone's looking to but if you can get a third win in a row Matt like promotion has to be the aim then like it, it's not about consolidating or being competitive or anything it has to be getting out of that division and who would have thought i suppose two years ago that we'd be in this position but fair juice to billy and the team absolutely fair juice to billy and and um we mentioned it last week in the context of reflecting on the antrim game jack um about the the the, 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 the squad that billy has built mm. you know and um, I know Pa will be mentioning it in his segment um, a bit later there now. Um, that that um, well, you know, starting off at the year like um, he lost six of his squad. 
you know, and yeah. including including three key players down the right centre of the team, like Brian Fanning, Tom Giles, and Danny Neville. Like, if you were asked at the beginning of the year, what three players would you least like to lose? I think the, those players would feature among them, you know? Yeah, and, and we, I, see, we see with the hurlers as well, like, obviously, without Keane Lynch um, is the yeah. major one that Limerick aren't flown as well. So if you take out three main players, like, yeah, you it's take really out three commendable. Then, then, then he names a team that does so well against Longford. He loses three of those. Yeah, you know, he loses Mike Donovan, Bob Giles, and Patrick De Bruyne. And, and going into and the no anthem, just, just before the anthem game, he loses Killian Fahey, who was outstanding against Longford. Yeah, it seems to be so case he, he, it, it, it gives you a sense of the depth of the squad that he has built. Yeah, and it's it's kind of a, a next man up kind of job that everyone knows their role um, and they're just willing to do it. Limerick top the table on fact, four points. I, I've, been say, I've been saying this for, for the last two years that I have noticed in particular, and Billy Lee is responsible for this, the sense and great camaraderie that's in that squad. Mm. Absolutely. You know, they, they, these are one, they're all for one another. Absolutely. You know, and it's that type of camaraderie that I haven't seen in the Limerick squad for a long, long time. And we, and, and we see where it's getting them. And you're right, Jack, um, winning brings pressure as well. Yeah. And like the whole dynamic about of of Limerick's league um, could hinge on Nick's, 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 um, on Sunday's game with Loud, because you're right, absolutely right, when you say that that um, um, win the game and suddenly um, relegation is virtually, uh, you know, Impossible out of nearly. question, even though Limerick were relegated from Division 3 with six points. Yeah, Pam mentions it. <laughs> right. On score difference. Yeah. And um, you, and um, he, Consolidation is gone because you know you have consolidated, and like it's a drive for promotion. Then we're in a totally different scenario. It's a promotion drive at that stage. Yeah. No, and I I will say that it's going to be difficult on Sunday because yeah. me, 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 uh, um, Louts' position um, maybe slightly false in that they have one point out from oh. the two games. And that that was um that was a draw with Leash and a late um uh, sorry a defeat by Leash and a late draw with Longford. But Mickey Hart is a long long time on the road, Jack. Yeah. And he he will have he will have studied to a T. He will have studied to a T how Limerick fashioned those two wins, and particularly how the two wins were predicated and the foundations for the, the two wins were laid on the early goals. Yeah. And, you know, you don't need to be in the loud dressing room um, at 10 to 2 next next Sunday to know um, what the emphasis of Mickey Hart's speech will be. Yeah. You know, tight, 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 tight at the back. Don't give Limerick a foothold in the game. Yeah, because Limerick have really, really, really started well. And Pal touching that. I'll probably finish this segment on the football with Pal, but just before we go to that, man, like, is like you're going to Akram next week, regardless of the result. And Billy has really outlined that winning at home has been the main objective. That, like, if 
you lose, and Limerick won't look past Loud, there's no doubt in that. Every team now with Mantra is next game up. But if you lose to Loud, there is that pressure going to Akram. And even though we won last year by was it 10 points, that's a really like kind of obscure result to get in Akram. So there is a pressure there as well that you know what's coming down the line. And then you will have Leash and Westmead, probably the early favourites, waiting then as well. So there is that pressure to get that money in the bank, not only to give you confidence, but just give you reassurance that if something does go astray, that you can rely on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even in the promotion year, we saw it when we had the four straight wins and like... um. You, you, you know, you got overturned by Antrim and Wexford in quick succession. Like, and it, it was a back, it, it was a backs to the wall situation then, um, before seeing out promotion in Sligo. Mm. Um, but, um, uh, it, it's a huge game, but, but Limerick have delivered in big games, um, yeah. in the last two years. They delivered a huge game in Markovic Park in Sligo in, in, in the, um, uh, in 2020. Uh, to win promotion, and it, it may it may get clouded um, by the size of the victory, the ten point victory over, over Wicklow, as you spoke last year, last week, while uh, ago, uh, the ten point victory last year. But it, 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 in in the context of the league, it was a huge it was a huge make or break game for Limerick, because like um, winning Ockram, you know, is very 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 difficult. It's been a graveyard for Limerick. It's been a graveyard for many, many counties across the country. But it was a game that a place for a promotion semi-final was riding on. Yeah. It was a big, big game. And Limerick delivered on the day. Yeah, now, Limerick... you, 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 you could nearly bring Loud into the category of, of a big game, similar to Sligo two years ago, Wicklow last year. In that win, and suddenly, Jack, you're you're head, neck, and heels in a promotion race. Yeah, um, and the Gaelic Crowns has been has been good to Limerick. Obviously, that win in Tipperary in the league, you beat Waterford in the championship last year. Now you have lost to Tipperary and Cork in the championship, but have, they've always played well in the Gaelic Crowns. And Pat emphasised the point of having support there, just to be urgent fans. To get out there at two o'clock on uh, on Sunday. Now look, it's it's clashing with the ladies footballers there, so you want to see as much support go to both of them, and I suppose that's something that we really should be looked into going forward. But that's beside the point. That if people are around and that's what they are inclined to do, like get out and support the footballers, because we we see how much the hurlers benefit from the sport, and the footballers are no different. Yeah, Jack, um, I, I agree totally with you. I was in Martinstown last week for the for the ladies' football game, and it was very heartening to see the level of support that was there. Now it could be greater, like, but um, it, it, there was decent support there for Limerick. Like, you know, um, the, the fans of the 16 player nearly for Limerick hurlers. Let's let's make it for the footballers as well. Hmm. Let's, let's make it. Let's get out and support them, like. The record over the last couple of years, Jack has has been very very good. We've won the McGrath Cup. We have we have um, we have we've been promoted from Division Four. We've contested uh, a relegation, a promotion, semi final uh, to Division Two. We could very easily be talking about Division Two football here. <laughs> like Billy Lee has put together, um, and 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 um, his management team have put together a squad. That are worthy of support, and like the Limerick folks should come come out in their numbers, and 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 support them, um, 
because like secondly um the, the the amount of work that's gone has gone into it it wants that type of support we're all limerick at the end of the day and no matter whether it's whatever it is that's wearing the green jersey whatever they're playing yeah like we, we, are should out, we should come out and support them but this is a football team jack worthy of support and um and um i you know i i i would hope that the limerick fans and the limerick supporters would turn out in big numbers yeah that's you would be hopeful of that um every every little help if we can get two or three thousand in the gate crowns on sunday it will be loads just to, to give that bit of atmosphere but i suppose i'll go on an interview pal i'll play probably the first eight ten minutes of it he just he was in Antrim. he talks about that game and just footballers overall he, he knows more than i do anyway and, he probably knows as much as you, but I'll throw on Pad there. For well, a few then he, he probably has forgotten more than we have ever learned. Stand <laughs> by Pad and to look back on Limerick's brilliant starts in the league and, and look forward to loads. So, two from two in the league, Pad wins over Longford and Antrim. Doesn't get much better than that. No, um, riding the crest of a wave at the minute with, with the way results are going in the league. Um, going into the year, I suppose you, you, you would have had question marks, um, albeit last year was very impressive too. But I suppose you're going in, and it's been said a hundred times now, but you're missing um, important players throughout the team, not just in one area, but in the back line, the midfield and the forwards. And I suppose you're just wondering, are they going to be missed? And maybe they will be. But to date, the players who've stepped in have really produced it. Um, the McGrath Cup obviously didn't give a great indicator, although albeit the Tipperary match was very impressive, um, everything in part of scoring. And I think in the league, they've rectified that. They've top goal scorers um, with six at the minute. Um, their shooting rate is pretty good. They're not kicking too many wides. And um, now, obviously, there's there's parts of the game that they would look to improve on. But two from two, when you're playing Longford at home, who you never know Longford, especially with the bounce they'd get from a new manager. And they were Limerick were full value that night. The game should have been put bed long before it was, but full value for the seven-point win. And then the one in Antrim, look, um, anybody who, who has to travel away to win in the league is, is impressive, uh, even more so when it's that distance. Like, it's just people don't understand the toll it can take on you. Like, not so much physically, but just mentally having to deal with everything, not used to the same setting, not used to your bed, getting up, all that. And I have to say that the performance above in um, Corrigan Park last weekend was just so professional, I suppose, so good from the word go and um, it really gave an indication of where this group are at the minute and that that will we'll focus on that performance against Antrim because you obviously were there I suppose it's you obviously mentioned the, the length of the, the travel to go there and to lose would be very demoralising to come home to but Antrim would have been seen as one of the teams that could be challenging at the end of the season so it's not only get a win but get a win against a rival will be huge for Billy yeah, um, I the previous week I know Pat's plan and his wisdom said that Antrim were were his one of his big picks to get out of division. And to be fair, having their victory against Fermanagh, it was impressive looking like to beat a team who've operated at a higher level for the last few seasons. Uh, so going up there, maybe Antrim thought, okay, we've we've a hard one under the belt now um, with Fermanagh done, and we're at home now. Maybe that'll be worth something, but. Um, when you start the match so impressively as Limerick did, like it really does kind of lay down a marker. Like it was literally one of the first attacks, a goal, then the next attack a point, possibly the next attack again a goal. So I'm sure Antrim were real at that point, and, and the Limerick lads were like really confident. Um, 
there was it was a two five to five at half time. I remember tweeting at the time that while it was a fantastic lead, Limerick would have had a tinge of disappointment almost because they had been so dominant in that first half and they'd really got after the Antrim kick out and everything looked so impressive, defensively really solid, um, without having to drop off too quickly, like they were pressing kickouts at the same time as being able to defend properly in the back line. They were being very unselfish on the ball. There was nobody really taking too many plays. The way the team is operating now, I just noticed there was um, been 11 different scorers in the league to date for Limerick, which is really good. Um, you'd in that first match against Langford, you'd Killian Fahey won three, uh, and Brian Donovan two goals and a point, and neither of those scored against against Antrim. Um, now Killian obviously was a loss because he he uh, had to cry off in the warm up, um, and again. When I saw that, I was like, okay, you probably have had plans in place here for Killian. The team looks at him as a leader. Uh, how are you going to react now to this late stage of him being missing? And they didn't miss a beat. Like It was just like next man up. And that's the way it's been. And look, it never works out as easily as that where you just go, oh, well, we've lost this many players and they're stepping up. Like even from the very first game, you'd had three injuries. Mike Donovan, um, Robbie Childs and Pride to Bruin. You'd had to replace those three. Then you'd lost Killian before the start of the Antrim match, so you'd replace him. And then at a vital time in the second half of that game, where it looked like Antrim were coming back into it, you had two more injuries uh, to Keane Sheehan and Paul Maher. And you're really looking, seeing, okay, well, who is number 23, 24 on the panel? And, and are they able to step up? And uh, they very much did. Like, which, look, that's really pleasing when, you, when you've got that, because what that breeds in the panel is real competition. Like, you know if you can make the panel, which in itself at the minute is a big thing, then you have you can play a big part. You're not just relying on 17, 18 players. Yeah, that it, it's very good to see the, the amount of players because obviously there's three frontline players in championship last year and six more. How impressed have you been with the kind of fringe players? Now, we've seen Keane Sheehan move back to the fence, Killing Fight and Field, but Peter Nash is probably new into that side and was named on the team of the week and Brian Donovan the week before that these players are, are taking their chance when it's presented. Yeah, and I suppose it goes back to Billy, the, the point Billy has been harping on for a long time about the maturity of lads. And even lads, okay, you might say a lad at 23 has is getting mature, but a lot of these lads are maybe mid-20s, pushing, not even pushing the late 20s, but just over their mid-20s. And that really is a time now where you're coming into your peak. like, And it stood to them, like you even look at Brian, a person who has, Brian Donovan, a person who has so much ability, like he's, physically just made for this game and he's really even though he didn't get on the score sheet against Antrim like the ground he covers the tackles he puts in the the, the attention he draws from the opposition like it, it just creates space for for other players and Peter obviously like he's he's um he's been he's been probably around a long time I played with Peter in um maybe 2014 um, and he came into the team maybe as a in full forward line 2015 and he really lit it up inside the full forward line and Maybe having done a bit of a journey out the field, maybe inside there is is where he's most effective. Like he really was, and and there, it really was a team performance last day. But when you when you're getting one two from play, uh, it's just it's a great kind of fill up for a team that are kind of scoring a point, two points around the pitch anyway. So if one person can contribute that little bit more, it'll make a big difference. And Robbie Childs, um, you know, he he was missing the last day. He's he's become a, a real leader in the team. Obviously, you've still got Ian Corbett and Donald who are so important to the whole setup, but they just strike me as a team who are really comfortable with their own skin at the minute. They're they know what they're doing, they know what they're about. Um they're kind of at this stage almost coaching themselves a lot on the field. That's not to take away from the excellent job that um that the management have done 
previously Brian Wrigley and Morris Horn, who's gotten great plaudits from lads this year. Like, but there's a real ownership been taken on the field. There's a lot of talking. <clears throat> if people are doing the right thing, they're they're being told well done. If they're doing the wrong thing, players are calling them on it, and that just comes with a bit of experience too. That you know, you you know at this stage that I can trust this fella, and they've gotten to know each other, and I think it really helps when when. You can see if, like, we've all been there when a good player goes off the team and you're kind of looking to the bench at times going, oh, oh I'm I'm not sure about this fella. Like, and it kind of affects your own performance as much as the team's. But it just looks at the minute that if someone goes down, um, then they're, they're looking, when the bench player comes on or when the, the player been introduced, it's just next man up, let's go again. And nothing seems to change. Like, obviously, there's big players you in the team that you really don't want to, to lose. But... At the minute, you'd have to say, using 25 players in the first two league games, that everyone has played their part, which is just brilliant. That was Pad there talking about Limerick's brilliant start league. And that whole video is on Sport Limerick, Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, if you want to look at it in full. Um, I suppose that's, that's plenty on the football for Sunday, Matt. But if you were to call it, would you see Limerick getting a third win or a draw maybe? Or would... Loud sneak that win. Yeah, I I think Loud will make it very difficult, but I I think Limerick will win this time. Yeah, I think just I think Limerick at home, the, the Kayla Crowns is becoming that home, and mm. we talked about that before that the footballers didn't. They could be in Kilmallock one week and Raquel the next, and mm. even if twenty twenty they were in McNeville for latter games, they seem to have the Kayla Crowns now, and they deserve to have the Kayla Crowns, and it yeah. it allows for more of a crowd. So I think they'll they'll continue their winning run in the Gaelic Crowns and. Mm push on then to, to Akram next week. Um, moving into the football variety, the ladies' football, um, a very good start to the league for Graham Shine's team, two nine to nine-point winners over London in Martinstown last Sunday. And I, I suppose the big thing as well was that London really brought it to Limerick. Um, they had a couple of All-Ireland winners that, that always helped. So, on paper, you're thinking, oh, Limerick beat London in football. That's standard enough. But, like, you were there, Matt. Like, it was a lot tougher than maybe people would have expected. Absolutely a lot tougher, Jack. It it, 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 was, a, it was a tough game. At, um, the, the, you're right there. They had a, a sprinkling of All-Ireland winners on the London team. Like, in London, usually, you know, they, 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 they tend, as we said last week, to be an unknown quantity. And... Um, uh, but certainly they were an unknown quantity in the right way as far as they were concerned the last time and, and they were quite good <coughs> now Limerick were playing into whatever breeze that now the breeze really Jack it didn't blow straight down the field but it, it blew um, towards where the old scoreboard is in Martinstown if you if you can um, it blew from the railway end down towards, towards the Ballyhorras this time but, but at an angle but it was favouring London, if anything, in the first half. But Limerick got off to a great start and they had three points on the board um, after 10 minutes. And they were playing very, very nice, um, very nice football and um, uh, keeping possession well, moving the ball nicely and um, were full value for it. But suddenly London thundered into the game and by half time they had drawn level. And in, in the second half... Um, uh, Limerick, um, Limerick really drove on in the second half. And once more, Ed Kavanagh, um, who who was great to see her back, and who will be facing her native county this 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 coming Sunday. Um, once she got the goal, Jack Limerick were on the driving seat, and rarely after that, Jack did did, uh, did at any stage did it look like that that Limerick were going to lose. 
Now, Graham Shine for for his first game, like he he, he we saw the panel, we discussed the panel in the past, and um, like there was a recall for a number of the 2018 All Ireland players, like um, Sarah O'Sullivan was back and back in the side, Kathy Meade was back, and um, now Kathy was only out for a year last year, um, Loretta Handy was back, Mairead Kavanagh, Katrina Davis. Big, big names, big, big players, big, big players in the All-Ireland four years ago. And they were all back and and, and did quite well. Now, he handed debuts to um, Maeve O'Halloran of Adair, who I thought did very, very well in her, in her first outing at cornerback. And he also gave a debut to, um, to um, Grania McKenna, a girl who has transferred her allegiance from Monaghan to Limerick, has, has played with Monaghan in the past. And she played it full forward. She got she got on the score sheet. She 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 got a point. And during the course of the game, then he 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 brought in um, Sarah Dillon from um, Palace Green, Leah Carroll, um, who plays Camogie with Patrick Swell, but 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 plays football with Croom. So basically, it was a very very promising outfit uh, outing for um, for Graham Shine. And he, you know, speaking with him afterwards, he he was quite pleased because. Um, as he made the point, you know, that they've only been together since the end of December. And to a certain degree, it was a trip into the unknown because um, there were so many changes in the squad. And um, uh, another one of the 2018 team, of course, that featured was Rebecca DeLee. Uh, Rebecca came on, as, came, came on as a sub. Now, Neve Ryan would have been also featuring, who was outstanding in the All-Ireland in 2018, um, but has a finger injury. But uh, uh, she was telling me before the game that she's closing in on a return, which is which is very good news to um, both John Lillis and Graham Shine, because um, I think she's going to commit to both this year. So um, yeah, it was a good start. I thought Roisin Ambrose, um, in her first uh, day as captain, did extremely well. Um, show, showed good signs, good leadership qualities. Um, Overall, it was a very, very promising performance, Jack. And um, um, it, it was the type of performance um, that something really, really concrete to build on. And um, there, 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 there is only one way that, 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 that the girls can go, especially the girls that have been reintegrated back into the squad, and that's that's upwards and, and onwards. And um, as I said, I was hugely impressed by the, the the performance of of Mairead Kavanagh um, gave a kind of a display like that, which he gave in the All Ireland in 2018, which we won't forget. So, um, yeah, it's very, 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 very positive, and move on to Offaly next Sunday. Yeah, Offaly uh, on Sunday, two o'clock in Martinstown. As we said, it, it's clashing with the the men's footballers, which is a disappointment. Uh, Graham has named the same team uh, as last week, so sticking to the tried and trusted. Another. Game for those players that are coming back. As you said, last year, Offaly won by a point when they when they met in... in I think it was a point, or maybe was it 2-12 to... It was four points, actually, Jack. Oh, four points, sorry. But Limerick all won <laughs> this, this Sunday, Matt. So the best best wishes to the Limerick Lady yeah, Footballers. Yeah, it'll be interesting. There, as, as I spoke about, Murray Kavanagh will be playing against their own county. So, like, you know... Should we in the green of Limerick? <laughs> Not the, the, the green, white and gold. Let's hope she, she 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 gives them a dose of, of um seeing what they're missing. Yeah, because Offaly beat Carlo three fifteen to seven last weekend. So they're obviously a formidable outfit and Limerick will round out 
the campaign against Carlo, but with just with those players back and just seemed a good win to, to start off against London. Like the goal has to be promotion of Division Four because even though we had that year in intermediate in the Championship, we have been in Division Four for too long, and like the division as we know now, like is very very important. So another win would bode very well for for the side on Sunday. Um, we'll move on from the the latest footballers, and it's it's going to take your pick with these uh, miscellaneous stuff. We well around football, we'll stay with the Sigerson, and obviously we won't dwell on it, but it was disappointing for you well on Wednesday night. Um, contrasting 24 hours for, for the college, but in awful conditions, it looked like. And Carlo watching, watching from home, um, 12 points to 1 6. Limerick never really got going. Um, obviously, Starman Dave Clifford was held from play. Like Donald O'Sullivan, who has been shooting out the lights, only got a point. Did Emmett McMahon even score? Like he was brilliant all year. But um, I suppose fair dues to NUIG because they were missing their superstar. And Tommy Conroy picked up an injury against LYT in the second round. But just the organisation, just the impact from the bench. You name it, a template for a football team and you can put anyone into it. And they just they just shone. And very deserving winners, Matt, to be fair. Yeah, they were deserving winners. Um, you know, um, we were hoping that um, that we'd have a Limerick um, captain lifting the Sigerson Cup, yeah. a, Limerick ma- a Limerick manager and a Limerick coaching team organising the the you know the, the the winning team. But it wasn't to be. It was it, it was so so near, but yet so far. But I I, I think um, Maris Sheridan and his management team in NUIG, you know, they set out their stall very very well. Um, as I said to you off air, Jack, if I were asked to pick a man of the match in NUIG, it would be a damn hard job. But um, um, those that were tasked with that, with that job were probably rescued by the by the uh, barnstorming performance of of a substitute, um, Carl Hennigan from from Roscommon, who came on and got three points in the first five minutes after half time, which effectively laid the foundations for NUIG's victory. But um, it, 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 the narrative, I suppose, is about uh, um, David Clifford. He had scored five goals and twenty points in the four games leading up to leading up to the final, which was a phenomenal return. And the fact that he didn't score from play, now he got a goal from a penalty and he got a point from from a free. But um, credit must go, I think, to the entire NUIG, the way they set out and the work rate and um, the, the 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 intensity they brought to ensure. Um, that the supply wasn't going into the danger area, um, and uh, when it did go in, you have to give credit to the to the, to the NUIG defence, which was so 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 solid. Now I know the conditions were very very difficult and militated against good good football and especially open expansive football, but um, you know you got a sense during the course of the game that we're just waiting for it to happen for UL. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. And you're sort of saying, like, when are our um, NUIG going to explode with our implode with our strategy? But it, it, it just didn't happen. And um, I agree with you. I, I I I would have to say as much as um, I'm disappointed for UL um, that that um, NUIG deserved their win on the day. Yeah, they they deserved it. And look. There's no dispute in that. Um, you well will have a chance to rectify that on Saturday. The, the colleges meet in the Fitzgibbon Cup final, which is a great indication to the two colleges to to be there. We'll obviously have Limerick interest in both camps, but 
last night that semi-final match 127 to 223 after extra time uh carlo are, are two points up with time up uh you will get a free from the 45 and mikey kiley like paul flynn for Watford against Cork, the top spin into the corner. Just if you haven't seen it, leave this go, have a look at it there, and 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 come back to us because it's just an outrageous piece of skill, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I I, I actually think that that John Keenan, um, the referee, told um, uh, Mike Mikey Kiley that it was the last play and that you know it was um, goal or bust. You know, and well he he, he went for it. There's no doubt he went for the goal. Like. No doubt whatsoever about it. There was there was no fluke about it. But Jack, you know they face into a a Fitzgibbon Cup final this tomorrow, and um, I I I think there's something dramatically wrong that yeah. almost um, just over thirty six hours after you won a marathon semi final that um, went right down to the wire after extra time that you have to go again. Now, they did suffer an injury to Mark Rogers, who is a very key player. Yeah, excellent player. And, um, uh, like, NUIG have been... They, they have an extra day, but whether it's an extra day or... Um, um, when you're talking about a day and a half and two and a half days, you know, it's... It, 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 I think there's something terrible wrong that it has to be so condensed at this stage because, <coughs> like, if you were talking about a week out, Jack, well, one one team had seven days and the other had six. You know, yeah. it, the, the, the difference would be minuscule enough. But when it is a day and a half and two and a half days, the difference is enormous. Especially yeah, it, now, both, both were involved in extra time. <clears throat> so that 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 cancels itself out. But but like the recovery time for UL, they recover today. They, you know. And, and go again tomorrow. Like, I, I, I think, I, I think it's disappointing. It's a disappointing finish to the competition. I think um, um, it, 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 it should be managed better. I, I, I honestly think. Yeah. It, see, they had the Fitzgibbon Cup weekend and Searson weekend where they were playing the semifinals and finals in the same venue. And I suppose they got rid of those because of player welfare. But this just defeats the purpose of that um and we've seen a lot of injuries in the Fitzgibbon and Searson to key players like yeah. I even said about Mark Rogers last week that he'll be a huge player for for Clare this year he scored 12 points at the weekend for the banner and has to play again on Thursday and if he didn't get injured there he had to play again on Saturday Brian O'Grady was the same with Limerick all these lads are playing inter-county they, they shouldn't be forced not forced I suppose they love playing games they shouldn't have to be put in a situation to do that but I suppose that's for next year um, very interesting talk with Seamus Hickey yesterday. He was on about single eligibility that you would only play. If you're eligible for your college, you just play out your college and, and that's it. And it takes pressure off players have to do both. But on the final, Matt, and we have a question here from Bernie McCormick. And she, she's one of our Keen Lynch's from, from the Limerick team. He's busy in Galway at the moment. Um, he's a, he's on a lend there, 10 UIG, just to do his studies. He's doing um, a Master's of Education below there. So he'll be against UL uh, on Saturday afternoon. I don't know if you saw... NUIG versus GMIT on Wednesday afternoon, Matt. But Keane Lynch, like we say, well, I don't know who it's like men against boys in terms of physicality and growth integrity kind of falls into that. But Keane Lynch just is on a different planet when it comes to skill and his brain just 
madness what he can do in the field. Did you see the game? No, I didn't see it, but um, I, I can only imagine he's he's off the charts. Like, and we've we've had this discussion numerous times as as to about the prowess of Keen Lynch, and we don't need to repeat it. But so you know, um, NUIG like are in a very very strong position. Like to have to have a player like that, like was like him, um, David Difford. <coughs> Excuse me, coming into UL, Keen Lynch going into NUIG. You know. Um, like this is this is the stuff that uh, a team would dream of, uh, yeah, of, of, of getting a superstar in like this, and um, he, he's 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 certainly delivering. And like they 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 they're, they're very very useful forwards in Cannon and Nyland as well. So it's going to it's going to be difficult for UL. Uh, there is no doubt about it, and um, there there will be the there, there will be the momentum behind them. Um, Behind NUIG, in that they're going for a double, yeah, a, a, a notable double. So, um, look, it's 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 very very hard to judge these from games to game. It's a strong UL side, but whether they'll be strong enough to beat NUIG, I'm not so sure. Yeah, it'll probably be who recovers best. Unfortunately, it won't come down to the players who have the best recovery. What I will say is for UL, the centre back Brian Amara, just a Rolls Royce of player. I'd love to see him against Keane Lynch now because I don't think Brian O'Mara is part of the Tipperary panel and I just don't know if they can afford to have a fight like that off the team. But there's a lot, like, to be fair to NYG, they had 14 color players on Wednesday and then obviously Keane Lynch, which which helps. But um, the footballers are the same, that, like, Callaway are coming. Like, it's it's inevitable. And I think you will be the same once the likes of Adam English and Carl O'Neill and all them hit the, the fifth level next year. But the best look... To UL, that game is quarter past three on Saturday and it's live on TG Car. Before that game, we've more hurling. We've Ard Skull Reach are, are in action again. Um, their season obviously didn't come to an, an end with this pointing hearty cup loss um, to St. Joseph's Tull. And I don't know much about this game, Matt, but they're playing Attenry in Ennis at two o'clock in the, the, the All Ireland series quarter final. And for Irish Scullerish, it's different because they this will be their their sixth time going into the All Ireland series, but they've always gone in as Munster champions. So maybe without that pressure on their back, they could thrive. Yeah, possibly, possibly, absolutely, possibly. But um, you're bound to be a very, very strong um, <coughs> Atom Rye team because we, we we've seen the success of Galway Miners for what four years in a row in the All Ireland final, winning three of them and. I understand that Gavin Lee, who came on as a sub for Galway last Saturday night in the Gaelic Grounds, will be in the Athenry lineup. Um, so they're 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 bound to be a formidable outfit. It's 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 very very hard to judge these games and um, the comparison between the, the provinces and and what have you. But um, it, it it's certainly pressure off. It's 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 new territory. It's a new space for for art school, Jack. You're right. A new space in that they're not going in as monster champions for a change. But that won't make it any less easy against the against the Nathan Ride like hurling in underage hurling in Galway is at a very, very, very high level. And yeah, that's right. beginning that's beginning to reflect now at third level as we spoke about already with um um the two teams, two Galway teams meeting in, in the in the Fitzgibbon Cup semi-final. So um it's 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 um, it's it, 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 it's a tall order, but they can do it. And um, really, they have to pick themselves up, dust themselves down and get on with it. It's as simple as that, Jack. 
Yeah, the best to look to Nile Moore and the team, 2 o'clock in Aeroge's pitch, I think. In it. It's not Cusick Park, I think it's Aeroge's pitch um, on Saturday. Uh, on Sunday, if my dates... No, on Saturday as well, um, Black Rock are in Junior B action in Kaledi. But no, just, just before you go away from the colleges there, on Saturday, also Charleville CBS um, are taking on um, uh, St. Francis Rochestown yeah. in Munster College's B final. Um, the, the um, it's 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 um, it's for the current. Now my Irish is a bit bog Irish Jack, but I'll 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 I'll, I'll stumble over it for current Thomas Vicolim. When, when that's that. when that's translated into English, it is the Tom Column Cup, and of course, as we all know, as most of us know that. That Tom Collum was a very, very, very proud West Limerick man from Fiona, um, who, who was based up in Templemore and who did tremendous, um, who did tremendous work for Munster College's um, games until his death. Um, uh, I think Tom is dead about six, seven years now at this stage. Um, the competition was rededicated in I think 2015. Um, it, it was Colin Padraig up to then, so. Um, but it's for the Tomasa Colim Cup, and um, Charleville in the semi final had a one point victory over Dune, Kodasana Trinad Dune. And uh, <coughs> there's quite a little, there's quite a Limerick element involved, uh, with Charleville in that James Reardon of Temple Lantern is part of the management duo, they have just two people. Um, uh, managing the team, James Lanton, uh, James Raven from Temple Danton, and Kevin Butler um, of the famous Butler family from Drummondinch in, in in Tipperary. Now the team is captained by Mark Raven from Castletown Valley Grand, and there's players from Brewery and and um, um, Granabell and Gary involved. So they they, they play Rochestown um, in 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 the final. It's not too long ago, of course. Since um, Charleville and Rochestown met in the Dr. Hartley Cup. Yeah. Now, um, as I said already, there in the context of David Reedy, um, Charleville contacted, uh, contested the Hartley Cup final in 2011. Rochestown contested it in 2015. I think that year, if memory serves me correct, that they, contacted, they, they contested um, the Cornamurra final the same year and last boat. And uh, <laughs> among um among the big names that would have come out of out out of um out of Rochester would include Shane Kingston and um Sean Potter, um Alan Connolly, who was on the verge of the court team there for, for, for a couple of years. Um they'd be all ex Rochester players. They'd they'd be drawn mainly from Douglas, Nemo, um um few from Black Rock. Um that, that that's where they would be drawn mainly from. So it, it'll be a very interesting game. And um, uh, Charleville have won the, the B Championship three times. And um, uh, they, 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 um, the last time was in 2003. So, you know, you know they, 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 they will be up for it. And um, like um, they, they're the well prime side now. And um, like because many people fancied them, um, you must remember that. Um, <coughs> Doing only last last year's final was a by a point, or lost it narrowly to Cashel CBS anyway, and um, uh, Doon were among, among many people's favourites for outright success in it. But on a dreadful 
uh, Dan Kilmallock Charol just got out, just got over the line three eight to one thirteen. So, um, you you know they're a formidable outfit, and 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 let's hope that 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 um, you know that um, Con Tomas Vic Colim medals will be coming back to Limerick on on Tuesday on the Saturday on Saturday evening. But medals that did come back to Limerick. Um, last weekend were in the Senior B Football Championship uh, amongst the colleges when John Kiley's Abbey CBS um, beat um, Ross Carberry, St. Michael's from Ross Carberry in the final in Mallow. And um, one, of, one of John's, um, one of John's um, uh, backroom team um, in, the, um, uh, in the Abbey um, or with the Limerick team um, Kieran Hickey, teacher in the Abbey, um, uh, who plays his hurling with Gareth Blaine and football with Galbley, was one of the men behind the team, uh, along with all-star um, Tipperary's Conor McSweeney. Um, but uh, there were two lads from Oola, um, uh, Downey and O'Grady playing, and Patrick Kennedy, who played minor football last year with Limerick from Galbley. They were all on the winning team, so um, they are medals that came back to Limerick. Now, unfortunately, medals that didn't come back to Limerick um, were um, uh, medals for, for um, uh, Salesian College Palace Kennery, um, who were involved in, a, in an absolutely titanic uh, struggle last, last, um, last um, I think it was last Friday night. Friday, yeah. Last Friday night. In, in Mount Collins when they lost by 313 to 38. Um and they were ahead with 10 minutes to go. So, you know, that was a bit of a disappointing. And I just it's interesting there um when we were speaking off air <coughs> um we talked about um but we talked briefly about Limerick's involvement in the Lima Connor Cup um um tomorrow night and uh, I, I see there are two of that Salesian College team, um, Jamie Behan of 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 Bally Brown and Oshin Moss from Mungret St Pauls are named on the starting Limerick under twenty team. Yeah, they're a decent team, but like they they came up against a team like that Bearer Community College who who were, you know, they were racking up huge scores. They're they're racked up seven nineteen in the semi final. Yeah. So, and it started off like as if it was more of the same. I think that five points up before um, you realised the game was on. But I'll tell you, they were made fight, fight, fight hard and fight all the way before they saw off solutions. But solutions are going to get an opportunity in the next week. On the second, actually, on the second of 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 March, when when they're involved in the B final. Uh, sorry, it, 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 it wasn't the B. It's 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 uh, it was the D football final they were in, and they're in the D hurling final as well against Blarney, and that's on on the second of of March. No, that's your your knowledge knows no bounds when it comes to, to any sort of sport. That Limerick on the 20th. Yeah, was... we, of course we'll be talking as well next week. Um, uh, Ida, uh in Abbey Field are in the E hurling final. They're playing on Rin. So, like Limerick colleges are, they've been there or thereabouts. Like they, they've 
they've contested three of the four of the five finals. Uh, they've contested the A final, um, the D final, and the E final, and been involved in the semi-finals. Kalashta, uh, Dune were beaten in the B semi-final. Kimalak were beaten in the C semi-final. So it all augurs well for Limerick. It does definitely. Just on that under twenty team you mentioned there, and I'll just name out the team. They're playing Clare tomorrow night. Newell at half seven in the first round. The Liam O'Connor, which is essentially their league. They have Wicklow and Offaly. Or was it Wicklow and Mead? I think it's Wicklow and Offaly to come. No, it's Wicklow, it's Wicklow away and Offaly at home. Yeah, and Offaly were obviously All-Ireland champions last year, so that'll be a tall order. But the team for Clare, Colm O'Loughlin from Bruff in goals, the full-back line of Sean Ryan, Jamie Bean, as you mentioned, and Rowan O'Connor, uh, Carmack Wolf, Sean Kilbridge, and Owen McGrath in the half-back line. Emmett Richter partners, <laughs> Conor McGrath in midfield, then the half-hour line of Jamie Bainham, Cone Ladoon, and Oshin Moss, as you mentioned already. And then the full forward line of Shane O'Donoghue, Dara Murray, and David O'Shaughnessy. Um, there's a good number of those players that played on the, the minor team last year that reached the, the Munster final. Obviously, they're playing Clare, who have made huge strides in recent years, made a number of uh, minor finals. So that should be a tight game. So the best look to, to Shane. Yeah, uh, we, we, we had a good win over Clare last year, Jack, after, um, was it at the seventh attempt? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Obviously, Limerick are building as well, but Clare, I'm saying the players for the 20s grade are probably maybe <laughs> small, a bit ahead, but the best look to, to Shamey and all the backroom team there. Yeah. Uh, Paz involved. Um, John Blackwell, another club mate of mine, is involved as well. So the best look to all the lads yeah, in that. We'll finish with the Junior B, <laughs> Matt. Um, Granabell and Gary are into the Junior B football final. They beat the Nair 1 8 to 1 4 last week. They'll play either. My Van or Randall Oak in that final and Black Rock are in Junior B hurling action this week. They play Four Mile Water. And if I'm not mistaken, Four Mile Water is just the hurling club of Denier, that they're the same club um, in Kalidi uh, tomorrow afternoon. So well done to Granite Ballingary, I suppose, on Reachamus final and they'll know their opponents in due time. And best of luck to, to Black Rock because it's been a while since they played, Matt, in fairness to them in, the, in their county competitions. It is, it is, it is. Um, well done to Granabell and Gary. Um, the Nair, anyway, will not want to hear about West Limerick. Um, <laughs> yeah. And possibly Four Mile Water may, may not want to hear about it after next uh, after tomorrow. But um, it's the Nair's second visit in as many months, uh, practically, to to West Limerick in, in, in um, Munster Fair, like they were beaten by Newcastle West in the Cena. And now they've been beaten by Granabell and Gary in the in the junior B, and fair play to Granabell and Gary. They 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 you know that they, they they try and emulate what um, Mike Mann and Barry Brown did five years ago, um, when they ruffled no few feathers in 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 junior B circles when they beat a star-studded command side from um, from Kerry, um, I, I think who had a victory holiday booked at that stage, um, before the final. Um, in, in, in the Munster final. So, very, very best to look. Congratulations to Granabell and Gary in getting to the final. Again, it's, you know, August well for Limerick football. Yeah. Now, the, the semi final between Randall Og, Jack, and my van, which was fixed for this Sunday, has been postponed in anticipation of adverse weather conditions. And I can see, I can see where, they, where they're coming from on that. Um, it, it, you might say it, it was premature or preemptive, but um, Randelog is a is a small club down in West Cork beside Dunmanway. 
So it's a huge journey up, and they've been up already um, to play Partine in the semi-final or in the quarter-final. So you, you know, it, I, I, I think um, a, a wisdom is prevailing in, in Nakadari there in 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 um, making the decision. But one game that 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 is going on in in the Juno B series is in Kilidi uh, tomorrow. And it's it's welcome back to the Kilidi competition, which is which is one that we all look forward to every year. And Black Rock are involved in it. Now, Black Rock, Jack, um, in a different incarnation, you know, have they have a storied history when it comes to representing Limerick, because it was Kilfinnan Club. That represented Limerick to win the first All-Ireland in the dim and distant past of 1897. Mm-hmm. You were hardly born, I'd say, Jack, were you? No, I wasn't. Yeah, and um, they were the first club in, in 2010 to um, to win an All-Ireland Clubs Championship under the guise of Black Rock. Now, they won't be able to make it three in a row that they become the first club to win the Junior B. Because Dune have done that already. And Capamore came tantalizingly close three years ago to do it. They were beaten by I'll get then Brian in, in, in the final in Kalidi. But um it's 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 a strong Black Rock team. Now all all the vibes coming out of Waterford are that it's a very strong four mile water team. And that 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 Black Rock will be up against it. But um Black Rock have a good sprinkling of players, Jack, that were involved in that All Ireland in 12 years ago in Croke Park. And they have their go-to man, Gavin O'Loughlin, who has won, is it three or four uh, county senior hurling medals, really? Cork county senior hurling medals with Sarsfields in Cork. Um, I, I, I've seen Black Rock a number of times this year, uh, last year. Um, I thought they're a formidable outfit. I saw Capo Moore. I thought they were very, very good. Black Rock beat him in, in, in the semi-final. And they beat Bruff subsequently, who I also saw and I thought were good. And now Bruff had beaten Black Rock in the South final. So, um, like, Black Rock certainly didn't get a, 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 everything their own way in, in the Limerick Championship. They won a, they won, they won a decent Limerick C, uh, Junior B Championship. And, and like... They're, they're in a good space going into going into it. Um, I think I put it to you this way, Jack, and um, you're not going to ask me who's going to win because I'm not going to tell you because okay. I don't know. I um, want that but um, um, from what I've seen, Four Mile Water will be very good if they beat Black Rock. Okay. I'll take that as a hint as to where, where you're going for. But look, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I won't ask you for it straight out. Um, very busy weekend again. Um, two games clashing on Sunday. The main attractions, the both football teams in action. The men are in action at 2 o'clock in the Gaelic Grounds against Loud. The women are in Martinstown uh, against Offaly. Um, you have Arts Colorisha at 2 o'clock in Ennis on Saturday. You have Black Rock and Kalidi against Formal Water, the game we are just talking about. You have UL in the Fitzgibbon Cup final at quarter past three. That's on in IT Carlo. Um, on Saturday, so plenty of games or Charleville as well in the the Munster B. So plenty of games to get to get stuck into if we can go to them. And I suppose we started with a word on Milford Milford um, Hospice and their 10k walk and run. So don't don't forget to sign up to that Milford Care Center or 
that phone number. It's just at the start of the podcast if you want to reverse back to it. But it'll be on our socials as well. So an hour and 15 on the clock, Matt. We'll call it. Isn't it marvellous to have such a diverse weekend back and um, to be involved and to have Limerick involvement in so many fronts? Um, it's, 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 you know, great to be alive. <laughs> great time to be alive is right. Um, we'll leave it at that, so Matt. Again, thank you for your wonderful contribution. Um, as I said, your, your knowledge knows no bounds. So we'll be in touch soon. And thank you to everyone for listening and getting comments in. Uh, again, we'll talk soon. So thank you. Thank you, Jack. The impression again, we get all of what you put into. It's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get it. No more about it. But not so much control in the centre of the field from Phil Kenny as Richie Bennett sends it high and over the bar. If your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence, you can't get the pound's worth of goods. Can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, I'm sure Let me find out there from the world court today. No more about him. He made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel. The fact that it didn't it. No ifs, no buts. There's no sympathy. 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 There's no sympathy.